Well, good morning and welcome. My name is Isaac Bartholomew. I'm one of your pastors here and I am really excited to be here. I'm excited that you are here in this journey into Lent, a special season. And as I was thinking about this journey into Lent and that we were going to do a different style of service today, it made me think about the idea of journeys and what they are. And and I want to tell you, if this is okay, about a real fun journey that I went on not too long ago, uh, where I used to do a lot of backpacking in my day. And we would uh, we would pack up everything we needed on our back, me and some friends, and I even led trips for a little while, and go out into the wilderness on these journeys. And one time, I want to tell you about my favorite trip that I ever took was up here. This is, uh, it's really hard to see overall because uh, the words, you, they're fuzzy. So it's kind of like Bigfoot, it's fuzzy. Um, but we were on this trail up here. This is Lake Superior, and this is the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And we were on a backpacking trip up there, and uh, I was at the back of our line of about 10 people. And if you know, and if any of you have done any backpacking, there's a real danger in backpacking of missing the entire point of being on a backpacking trip. And I was in very big danger of missing that, that point this trip. I went on this trip with everything we needed. We had our backpacks, and, and they could feel really heavy. Everything that you own that, or that you need on you as you're hiking along. And, and uh, I like that Katie a few minutes ago talked about idea of backpacks and rocks. I was like, yeah, it kind of feels like you're carrying rocks for no reason. And so here I am, got my backpack strapped on, and here's the danger in backpacking oftentimes. You put your head down. One, your backpack is pulling you backwards, it's heavy, you're walking along. We've been on this 12-mile hike, and, and I've got my head square down trying to counterbalance the weight on my back. And the problem with that when you're backpacking is that then you're focused on nine inches of dirt. Wait, why are you backpacking in the first place? It's not for nine inches of dirt, I can tell you that. And that's what happened. Here I am on the, in the middle of this hike, about six, seven miles in, and I, I don't know for how long, and this is, I should also warn you, this is before like earbuds and cell phones and digital cameras and anything cool. Um, we didn't even have Walkmans because they were too heavy back then. You know, it was like packing the, this thing was about this big and weighed 12 pounds. You wouldn't want to do that. So here I am just walking along, lost in thought with my head down, focusing on the path, nine inches of dirt. And then it happened. As I was walking along, I hear this boom. I'm like, what is that? And again, I should have looked up, right? Nope, head down, walking along. Boom. I'm like, oh, what is that? I'm just trying to be alone for a little while out here in the wilderness and enjoying all there is to see and do. And nine inches of dirt. Boom. I'm like, that's it. All right, what's going on? And I, I look up and I come over to the edge of the cliff. Because we're about 30 feet up, walking along the cliff's edge. And on this side of me is the cliff, and on this side of me is the most dense forest you've ever seen. And I, and I look over the edge like, what is that sound? And I can see that the sky has changed color from when we started earlier in the day. It was a normal, clear day. But off to my left was this, this storm front that was coming in, which was creating massive waves of about 20 feet high, with white caps rolling in, smashing in to this cliff's edge right here. Goosh! And it was awesome. And I don't mean like how we say awesome now is like, oh, that's awesome, 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 awesome. No, this was awesome. And I got to tell you, the colors 
When you look down onto, the, onto this lake that's big enough to be an ocean, and you look down there and you see blues that you'd ever, you can't get in a crayon box, no matter how many they put in the pack these days. A blue that's so deep and so rich, capped with grays and whites as the white, as the white water rolls over and slams into the rocks. Just beyond that, the green, there's greens and blues now coming out of the lake as you look further out to my left. And the sun is now setting below the clouds, right? So there's a line of clouds, a storm front, and the sun is setting below it and bouncing off the water. And as the sunlight comes through in these, these colors that you can't even imagine and the waves crashing and the sound of that, I followed the light into the, into the forest. And the most awesome display of greens and oranges and yellows bouncing off these trees. The bark looked almost red. And I can't, I could tell you all about it, but I, I, I will never be able to forget this. I said this was before digital cameras, and I'm glad I didn't take a picture. Because no picture would do it justice for the incredible awe and wonder that I saw right there in that moment. But I almost missed it. I almost missed it because I had my head down. I was focused on the path of the journey, not experiencing the journey. And we can often get like that in our life, that we can focus so much on what's right in front of us and getting one foot in front of the other that we forget to look up and look around and see what God is doing in our lives. We may feel heavy burdened. We may feel like we're carrying a backpack full of rocks. In that moment, can I beg you to pull your head up and look around. To see the awe and wonder what's going on in your life. And with this journey of Lent that we're on today, that is the point, is it's a journey, it's not a path. It's a journey, it's not a path. And so as we looked at Lent, and Katie described a little bit about what Lent looks like and what it is, and uh, I will say that I, I did some research on my own this week. Most of it was public polls. I wanted to find out what other people thought about Lent. And uh, I, I realized two words are very close. They sound very much the same in the, in the response to some of these answers. Like, hey, what do you think Lent is? And they said, oh, it's the fuzzy stuff that comes out of your belly button. <laughs> Great answer. Wrong word. But I like that answer. Uh, but that is not what Lent is. Uh, and then some other responses I got were, oh, it's the season you give something up. Right? Maybe you've heard that, oh, we're supposed to do this for, I don't know why. Well, let me tell you a little bit about what Lent really is. It's not, it's not fuzzy stuff, and it's not a system of rules. Here's what Lent is. Lent is a, roughly a 40-day period of stillness, focus, repentance, leading up to Easter Sunday. And I say roughly because uh, it is 40 days, but we don't count Sundays. So if you count the Sundays, it's actually a little bit more than 40 days. So that's why I say roughly. But we, we work on it for 40 days is what, what the idea of it is. And historically, that 40 days is based upon the 40 days in the wilderness that Jesus spent. So Lent is an important tool that we can use to stay attuned to God's voice as you reflect on his sacrificial love. So that's what Lent is. It's this 40 days of focus. 40 days to, to focus and reflect on God's sacrificial love. And, and dare I say that what Lent is really is this, is that it's like a hiking trail. Like I just described, it's like a hiking trail. Lent is a journey. 
that brings you up close and personal in your relationship with Jesus. And there's a space in your notes if you want to write that down. We'll leave it up for just a few more minutes. But it is a journey that brings you up close and personal in your relationship with Jesus. Not unlike a hiking trail brings you up close and personal with nature and being out in the wilderness. So on this journey, I'm going to ask you to walk with your head up and not focus on the path. Not focus on, on what, what people have said Lent is. It's not, a, it's not six inch or nine inches of dirt. It's not a, just a what to do scenario. This is what Lent is, is that it's a, it's a journey that brings us up close and personal in our relationship with Jesus. So why? Why should we celebrate Lent? Well, the basic purpose is to create space in the middle of our responsibilities of life. To appreciate what's always been there, which is God's presence. That's why we want to get into this season of Lent. It's a time of focus, a time of prayer, a time of understanding, a time of seeking God, a time of receiving his rest and love for our lives. So I would say that while Lent does include personal sacrifice... That's not the goal of this time. It's not. It's not to better your life, but to center your life. Center your life on the one thing that matters most, Jesus. Let me say that again. It is not a time to better your life, but a time to center your life on what matters most. And this is what Matthew, or what it says in Matthew. Jesus actually says this in Matthew. Are you weary and carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, and I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine and learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. See, we have this season, this opportunity of Lent, to spend it focusing on what matters most, to center our lives on what matters most, and that is Jesus. And he's saying, come to me, and I will give you rest. So then my question might be, how? How do we engage in Lent? You know, we know, okay, what it is or why maybe we should, but how should we engage in this journey of Lent? Well, I I said a minute ago, culturally, recently even, it's become the season of giving something up. The 40 days before Easter, you're supposed to give something up, and we're not sure exactly why, right? Uh, I had some friends in college that gave up hot sauce one year. I asked why, and they said, I don't know, we're supposed to, right? I think you've missed the point. I think you've missed the point. And we've all done it. I've done it. Most of us have. Well, not all of us. I should say that. Maybe this is the first time you ever even heard about the season of Lent. That's great. Let's walk this path together and see what journey we can go on as a community. And so, but let me say this. I've also heard a lot of responses like, oh, this is the season you get up something that's bad for you. Uh, no. And, and I want to be very clear here. If, if you have something in your life that you're struggling with that is literally killing you, either physically, emotionally, spiritually, can I just beg you to get help? Come talk to me after the service. Come find one of our our people here, uh, Katie or Perry up here. We have an incredible care ministry that would love to talk with you. We have Celebrate Recovery on Friday nights. Would love to get you plugged in there for any hurts, habits, and hangups that are dragging you down. If you have something in your life that is destroying you, we want to help you. 
but that is not necessarily what Lent is about. Okay? So, but with Lent, it isn't just a season of giving something up. Remember, Lent is a journey that brings us up close and personal in our relationship with Jesus. So what is it that, he, that God is inviting us to do? It could be to give something up, to pause something in your life. That could be it. God could be inviting you to pause something in your life. He could be asking you to pursue something in your life in this season for the next 40 days. He could be asking you to provide something for the next 40 days. And these are the types of things that we can look at. When we look at Lent, here's how we can engage in it. It's through doing something like this. And let me just say, there, it, it isn't a set of rules. Because if we're focused on the set of rules, that's back to backpacking and looking at nine inches of dirt. That's not the purpose. The purpose is the journey. And what things can we either give up or do or focus on for the next 40 days that will help us engage with the heart and mind of Jesus? So maybe it is to pause something. Why, why would we want to pause something? You know, just take a habit over the next 40 days that you, you t- maybe take for granted. One thing that I joke about is my habit of drinking coffee. I was guzzling it right down here on the floor a few minutes ago. So obviously I didn't give that up for Lent. I, at one point I did joke that I gave up Lent for coffee. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't, because I, I don't know, I, maybe I could give it up someday. But you could take a habit like that, like something you eat or drink. And you could pause it for a little while. And the point is to pause so that every time you think about coffee, every time I would get that coffee headache in the morning, I could focus for just a minute and thank God for who he is and what he's done and for his sacrificial love and how he brings me rest. That's the idea of wanting to pause something. So some examples of of pausing might be fasting, like I just talked about. That's a funny word for saying giving something up that you eat or drink normally. Fasting. Okay, so it could be chocolate. That's been an example. A lot of people say chocolate. Could be coffee. Could be something you eat. Could be fast food. Could be McDonald's. Could be tea. Could be, insert whatever you want here, ice cream after 9 o'clock at night. Oh, wait, no, that's something you shouldn't do anyway. But, or maybe it's a habit that you could pause for a little while. Is there a TV show that you like, like Sports Center or This Is Us? Or, I mean, then our TV would never be on at our house. Okay, don't do those. But uh, you, could, you could pause something like a habit, a TV show, or going to the movies, or is there some sort of habit that has to do with your language that you could pause for a little while? Is, it, is, is your language filled with salt, or does it bring people down? You know, figuring that out. How can you, is there a language thing? Or here's a big one. Maybe you should pause social media for a little while. Ooh, I mean, I got, it got quiet in here. I don't know if I can do that. Well, could you? The idea of attitude, maybe you could pause an attitude that you have, uh, could pause complaining. If you pause social media, you might end up accidentally pausing comparisons. Could you pause people-pleasing? Ouch. That one hurts. Could I pause people-pleasing or self-centeredness? You see, it doesn't have to be a vice or something bad in your life, but rather something that will help you focus on Jesus So, uh, again, what is God inviting you to do? Is it to pause something, pursue something, or provide something? Well, let's look at pursue for just a moment. Maybe he's asking you to pursue something. So it isn't just about pausing something. Maybe you could pursue something new uh, to get a new understanding or or learn something new in this next 40 days. 
And, and, or you could do two things. You could pause something in order to pursue something. Like if you paused social media, how much time would you have for a devotional in the morning or a new Bible study? And so some examples of something you could pursue might be prayer. A prayer, either a focused time uh, or a specialized time that it's a, I'm going to do from 6 to 6.15 in the morning of prayer. You could set that, that could be a great thing to pursue. Or is it a, a specific type of prayer, a centering prayer, a special word that you're going to pray over the next 40 days and try to live into? And if you need help with that, let me know. We have lots of resources around centering prayer and the idea of what that could look like. Or is it a Bible study or a study of any type, really? A Bible study, maybe read one of the gospel messages, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the story of Jesus. If we want to get close to Jesus over the next 40 days, we could try reading one of those stories of his, or all four of them if you want. Or if you want to look up in YouVersion, the Bible app, you can look up plans that are specifically designed for Lent. So if you go to YouVersion, plans, search, and then just type in the word Lent, there's probably 10 or 15 that pop up right there as a way to, to pursue something uh, in this next 40 days. Or what I'm doing, just so you know, one thing I am pursuing is, is a book called uh, Wondrous Encounters by Richard Rohr, and it's his Lenten devotional. And you can look that up if you want it. So Wondrous Encounters or another book study of any type or music or confession, a time to meet with God. Or you could pursue new attitudes. Maybe you're going to celebrate more. Or you're going you're to pursue being more positive for the next 40 days. So those are some things you could pursue. And it doesn't have to be a big deal, just something that will help you get closer to that heart and mind of Jesus. So then uh, if, what is God inviting you into? To pause something, pursue something. Or maybe to provide something. This is a little bit different. This is an active thing that's outward, outside of you. Um, and you could use your time, talent, and treasure during this season. Those, those are three words that we use a lot around here. Time, talent, and treasure. And maybe God is asking you to pause something so that you would have time to provide. Or maybe he's asking you to pause something and then you know, you pursue something like a, a study on justice and mercy. And then that would make you provide some time within that structure. For example, you could spend time, uh, your, your time uh, giving back and serving in the, in the local community, like uh, food security. We have a whole group of people at the church that work with the Loveland Community Kitchen. You could jump into that team and help out over the next 40 days. We've, uh, I have one of our staff members talked about walking around during Lent a few years ago in their neighborhood and picking up trash every night on her walk, our nightly walk. She would walk around and pick up trash as a way to provide something for her community, and they noticed, even started helping her do it every night. Um, maybe it's um, joining one of our teams here for family ministries or the like. Um, maybe it's using your talent. You can provide your talent. Maybe, maybe you're a school teacher or a tutor and, and you want to help out with our Lago Vista ministry uh, doing tutoring in the afternoons for students and kids. Or you could join the student ministry team and help with homework on Sunday night or Wednesday night. Or uh, maybe you're a contractor and we could really use your help in Project One. Helping design some of the, the projects we're going to be working on uh, in, a, in a few weeks. Or is it treasure? Is there something you can provide with your treasure? Like maybe over the next 40 days, every day you go to your closet, which I, like, for example, mine is, I had to cram a sweatshirt in there this week you know, on a hanger, like push it in. Maybe I should pull a few of those things out. 
What if every day for the next 40 days I pulled out one garment and set it in a bag, and then at the end of 40 days I take that to some people who need it? Or, or a food item over the next 40 days, a focused way to provide that way, or a time, some other way to give to a needy community. Or, Katie mentioned our kids are worth it emphasis. Is this a time where you could focus on that, where we're, we're trying to help underprivileged students and kids all over, the, all over the place, not just here, but outside of the walls of Crossroads? You could, you could join in on our Kids Are Worth It campaign. And, but what can you do to focus this season and help understand more fully the love that God has for you, that sacrificial love that he has for you? And again, Lent is a journey that brings us up close and personal in our relationship with Jesus. So on this path, on this journey, are you going to pursue something? Are you going to pause something? Are you going to provide something? Or are you going to do multiples? It doesn't have to be one thing. It could be any number of things. But I would ask you to think internally what it is. And you can even start to make some notes there on your, on your note, notes in your program about what areas you think you could focus on for the next 40 days. But also, I would ask you to write down why. Why? And start to look towards that. A few years back, there was a, there was a story told by Bill Harley about a, a girl named Tracy. And Tracy played t-ball. And uh, let's just say she was not very good at t-ball. For the entire season that Tracy was playing, she never made contact with the actual ball on top of the tee. Sometimes she would sing 10 or 11 times, miss every single time, and then eventually hit the tee, and it would roll six, seven inches in front of the plate, and then somebody would run her down before she got to first base. This happened every single game of the season. And these two teams that played each other, they actually played each other every game because there was only it was a smaller community, and they just, these two teams. So all the parents, regardless of what side of the fence they were on, cheered for Tracy. So she'd hit it off the tee, and they would cheer her down to first as she got out, and she would smile and be happy. She could not run very well, and when she ran, she would swing her arm around like this. You know, it was just, by our standards in America, you know, children's athletics, she was not very good. Well, I don't know if it was the law of averages or just pure luck, but in the last game of the season, at her at bat, she creamed the ball. Creamed it. And it went right up the middle as fast as you could see. It was diving under legs and over gloves, and it bounces off second base, and it's heading for the outfield, and seemingly to pick up speed, by the way. And as it got to the outfield, no one really knew what to do, and the ball went all the way to the fence. And so as she's standing there with the bat in her hand going, whoa, and she looked, the entire crowd jumps up and goes, yeah, go, Tracy! And they're like yelling at her to run to first. Run, run. And the coach is going, come on. And so she takes off running for first base. She gets to first base and the coach is waving her around. Go, more, go. And the, and the crowd is just getting louder and louder behind her. Go, Tracy, go. And she gets to second. And by this time, the people at the other team is in the outfield fumbling the ball between each other. And eventually she starts to run to third. And the coach at third base is waving her home. Go, Tracy, go. And she gets to third. Now she's closer to the crowd, and they're all cheering for her to get a legitimate home run. You can do it, Tracy. Come on. Do it. Go, go, go. So she, is, she rounds third. And in all of the pandemonium that is going on on the field, 
a 12-year-old geriatric mutt makes its way out onto the field and is sitting five feet from the third base, base path, halfway between third and home. And when the dog is sitting there with its mouth open, tongue hanging out, seemingly in that canine smile, right? And when he sees Tracy and Tracy sees the dog, starts wagging his tail. And in this moment right there, she's halfway between third and home. Her coach on his knees, come on, Tracy, you can do it. You know, cheering her on, she stops right there, right there. Tracy was on a journey in that moment, and two journeys converged. She could go home and follow the path that's in front of her, the one that was laid out, the status quo, I should go home, I should do this, or she could go to the dog where I could find rest and love And in that moment, with her parents videotaping, standing up next to the fence, and the entire crowd screaming her name, Tracy went to the dog. And almost as if, like, it was some craziness, it wasn't there as loud as the cheering around the base, but it was a deeper, heartfelt applause as she embraced that dog, and the crowd erupted in a different kind of cheer. A cheer of love and acceptance and knowing that that was what she needed. She didn't take the popular choice. She didn't take the path that was laid out for her. She took a, a, a different journey, one of love and understanding. Those two paths diverged that day and Tracy journeyed to the dog. And during the journey of Lent, we have the opportunity to seek our kind of journey, a journey for the soul similar to Tracy, a journey um, that, that will take us out of the status quo, a journey that will take us out of a journey of lists to do's and passionless living, do's and don'ts maybe, expectations of the world, the burdens that we carry in our backpack, and, and it will put us on a journey of understanding God's love for us, that you are cared for, that you may be carrying heavy burdens, but God is with you and that Jesus loves you. Will we go to the one who loved us in Jesus, who says, are you weary? Are you heavy burdened? Come to me. And as you go on that path, if you were to journey to the dog, what would that path look like? Is it to pause something, pursue something, or provide something? So during this season, can we commit to pursuing that path, that journey, to help us stay attuned to God's voice as we reflect on his sacrificial love. In Philippians, it says, do not worry or fret. Instead of worrying, pray, and let petitions and praises shape shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle down on you. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, 
And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Lent is this season of new beginnings. And in just a moment, we're going to engage in an activity to help us start off this Lenten season. And I would just ask for you all, in this season, as you journey along this path of Lent, whatever it looks like for you, that you would do it with your head up. That you would step with every step, seeing what God is doing in your life and what he's helping you to experience and see. Not with your head down, just thinking it as a bunch of rules, of do's and don'ts. But how can I experience God and get closer to him in this season of Lent as we prepare for Easter? And as the band plays and they come out, you are welcome on your notes to take a few notes about what it is. Is it something that you need to provide? Is it something that you need to pursue? Or is there something in your life that you need to pause right now? Would you join me in prayer? God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. For the idea, Lord, that we could come to you with incredible burden. Burden at time that pulls us back and makes us put our heads down and just trudge ahead. And that we can come to you with that burden and you say, I will give you rest. That you love us enough as we get ready and we, we prepare our hearts to learn about what the sacrificial love that you have for us through Easter and that season. God, I just ask that you would be with us to understand that more fully. That we, we would listen to your voice as you invite us into this space to maybe try something new or to pause something altogether or to provide something and to focus on your love and listen to your voice, God. It's your name we pray. Amen.